I'm Mariah Obajenski with Staymates. Joining me today is Randy Burge, Vice President at Staymates. Randy, marketing teams in higher education hear a lot about lead generation, but your demand generation program takes lead gen several steps further. Tell us, why do you call it demand generation instead of lead generation? I think that lead generation is really uh, just a piece of what we're looking at. Demand generation, I, I believe, is a more holistic approach that takes somebody from very early awareness through interest, engagement, preference, and selection. Um, really, lead generation is just filling the top of the funnel, and that's not where people in higher ed are having the issues. It's really getting down to how to improve yield. And we're seeing yield rates these days as low as you know 12 and 14%. And it really means to me that something isn't working. Um, so uh, to me, it says that people who are, fo who are focusing on just lead generation are really missing the, the keys to a successful enrollment marketing program. So really, you are literally generating demand for the program instead of just getting lists of names. That's correct. It really is about uh, creating uh, brand preference that leads to selection rather than just comp compiling a whole bunch of names that may or may not go anyplace. So when an organization hears about this demand generation program of, of Staymates, clearly it's very attractive. Is there a hefty cost associated with implementing a demand gen program? For example, do you have to invest in a lot of software or manpower to kick off a program like that? Sure. I, you know, I think it's the question is really uh, relative because I think if institutions look at what they're spending for programs that aren't working, um, they can easily justify the cost of of a demand generation program. Now, that being said, uh, we don't really have to start with a, a big demand generation program for a whole institution. Many of my clients have started with just small kind of pilot programs that are focused on one particular major or one, one particular degree area, prove the case, and then move forward with, with um, other programs or, or with the whole institution. So if you're going to be successful as an organization with demand gen, what does that organization need to have in place before they can get started? Uh, really, I, I think the, the primary thing is a willingness to bring your marketing team together with your enrollment team uh, to work together to define the KPIs that, that define success. A lot of people look at uh, having a CRM or a marketing automation system up front. Uh, that's really nice to have, and ultimately we would look for that, but that's not where you need to start. You need to start at kind of bringing your, your people together with a focused uh, attention on creating a demand generation program that will, that will provide marketing success. So if an organization really wants to do demand generation and they don't have a CRM in place, is that a showstopper for their demand gen program? Yeah, make, it honestly makes it more difficult and it makes it takes away one of the primary benefits, which, which is really uh, reducing the amount of human resources needed to produce an uh, enrollment marketing program. But we can get started without a CRM. It just means that somebody has to make sure that they are sending the emails and, and delivering the emails when people uh, either time out or they uh, act in a certain way that would, would require a response. Sure, sure. That's good news for organizations that are really strapped for those resources and can't necessarily get the buy-in to get a CRM uh, this year, but looking forward, something that they can definitely get those workflows in place. Right. Most organizations, most institutions have some kind of CRM. They have some kind of student information system. 
And almost all of them have some kind of at least a minimal CRM bundled into them. So sometimes it just takes a little digging to figure out where it is and how to use it. So when an organization decides we have the assets in place to get started with demand generation, when is a good time in the year for these higher education organizations to implement that type of program? Uh, there really is no time that is better than any other time because as we're building the uh, demand generation program, we say, you know, continue to, to do what you're doing. You can't just stop. So we we really kind of phase into the demand generation program. and. These days, uh, students are, are looking for schools and they start the, the search process really early. So it's a it's 24 seven times 365 days a year. So it really doesn't matter. I think with demand generation, we, we move away from this kind of campaign mentality that everybody has been into for years and years and years. And really think about an ongoing uh, program that looks at uh, people searching for solutions and for and for colleges and universities. Uh, very early on and, and year-round. Very, very much so, holistic. And, and kind of in the spirit of that, maybe let's zoom out to 30,000 feet here. When we're talking about demand generation, is this a top of the funnel strategy or kind of a bottom of the funnel stra strategy in traditional marketing terms? I, I, I would say yes and yes, uh, because it takes somebody from very early awareness to uh, identifying themselves as having interest and then moving them through the funnel. So it really is, uh, as you said earlier, a more holistic approach that that looks at every every phase of the enrollment journey and determines what kind of information, what kind of content people need to keep them engaged and active through what can be a very long process. So if our listeners are interested in visiting with you about the potential for a demand gen program, are we ready? What do we need for our organization? How do we get started? What would be the next steps to reach you, Randy? There are really uh, two good places to start. Uh, Staymates has a 20-point survey that they can take. It's our, it's our demand generation readiness survey, and it'll give them an idea of where they're at in the process and what they need to do to, to really step up and, and mount a demand generation program. Or another good place to start is to do uh, a communication sequence map of your current communications uh, process. And for most of our clients, it is a really eye-opening experience because they see where they have big holes in the, in the process, where they have big holes in, the, in how they communicate with prospective students. They see how their communications are really just transactional and not uh, engaging. Uh, and they see where they have amazing redundancies. Um, and some of those redundancies can really help in many ways fund the program in the end. Right, right, exactly. And, and working with you and your team, of course, will help iron out all those rough patches and, and really kick off a good program. So, Randy, thank you so much for joining us today on the Higher Ed Voices podcast. It's been my pleasure, Mariah.